0: What's up, guys? My name is Britt. Welcome back to the Young American Podcast, and this week we are going to be continuing on with one of our segments called Young American Music, and I am very excited about this episode. Why do you ask? because I am not on it. I've never heard this episode. Matter of fact, as soon as I finish recording this intro, I'm going to put it at the front of this episode and I'm going to listen for the first time just like you. My brother Chris and Nathan had a guest on and they reviewed an album by the Postal Service. That's all I'm going to say about it. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed our previous episodes. We went a little off the rails with a couple of them. We've got some great interviews coming up, and I hope that you guys will stick around for those. If you love the Postal Service, please stick around. If you've never heard the Postal Service, you know what? I think you're going to like this one. Thanks so much, you guys. Give this album a listen. Reach out to us on the socials. Give it up for Chris Nathan and our special guest. This is Young American Music.
1: I don't know what wrong. I just clicked the on air button. I'm gonna read out loud the text that Britton sent to me. Oh no. He said flip the search projector on. Turn the pod track on. Whatever that means. <laughs> turn the pod track on. What's the pod track? Um the interface. Be
2: awesome if we talk for an hour then none
1: of it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> See what he meant. He just meant turn this on. Oh. Got it. Nailed it. Okay britain is way better at doing like the hello everybody we're on the air and welcome to i'm way more the the uh he's also che- gonna do that but he's gonna do that anyway <coughs> yeah he is he is potentially gonna do that but i'm the chewbacca to his han solo so um yeah or whatever that's pretty good welcome to welcome back to young american what you will find, Jonathan, is lots and lots of stuff is left on the cutting room floor. So uh, we'll cut awkward pauses in there. Britain, loves we have the- hours
2: and hours of things that would get us like just completely <laughs> like obliterated. Oh from-
3: man, you need to do like a special uh, outtakes like- episode.
1: Oh or- man, or
3: you need to start like a Patreon where yeah. you know people pay in and they can get the uh- <laughs> wives would leave us. Uh- <laughs> Friends
2: would
1: never yes, speak to us again.
2: Father-in-laws
1: would
3: yeah, uh, would meet us in the
1: parking that's, lot.
3: That's what I want the most.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Britton texted me. He said his, his, uh, one of his captains started listening. Shout out Captain Hodson. Oh, fun. Hudson? Hogston, I think. And he said, the one thing he said was, why do you bleep all the cuss words? We know what you're saying. I said, well... Mainly, it's because so that we can our wives can listen with our kids in the room. Yep. But there's really one person on the pod that we have to bleep for, and that's John because constant. He is ninety percent of the cursing.
3: Really,
2: 90%. That's hilarious. Make, he think he's making up for some lost time.
1: That is <laughs> hilarious. And our theory is he also doesn't live in Lexington. Yep. So he doesn't run into people that are like, hey old friend from church. <laughs> so we're like, we got to see these people, man. He can't be like... All right. Uh, today, we have a very special treat for you. If you are a regular listener, you know this man well. We, It, it is myself, Chris. Britton is currently... He's probably... Uh, currently reviving a bum <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs> from some overdose or something. What okay. He... <laughs> what well, did I have? To... <laughs> what did he say? He said, "In case you guys wanted to know, works going great today. I love people, and I have a renewed hope and empathy for all of mankind."
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Okay.
1: Oh. We got to get you off of that that thing. Yep. Uh, so I am Chris. I am Nathan, and today we have a very special guest. Close, friend of the pod, old friend of us, Jonathan Barry in the house. Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) So let's go back. We've referenced you several times. You you referenced me on the the New Year's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody mentioned my name and Nathan says, I love how we talk like he's our only listener. But yes, the people that listen that have no idea they they are meeting you for the very first time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm oh I'm
3: older than all you guys, but I love I love the podcast. I love your shared history. I love the way you guys riff on each other. So it makes me feel like I know you better than I actually do. You know, because yeah, I'm because right. I'm a listener. So when i write my letters in <laughs> or my cri- <laughs> criticisms of your show i want to i want to g- just be part of the group i want to yeah, just riff on you as
1: you know like everybody else so well, we all have a shared history from the same church. Yeah, but you and I know each other before oh, that. Goodness, yes. So we met at the uh, Beaux-Arts Ball. Yeah. So oh, we have we wh- have referenced that Lexington has a pretty ha- used to have a pretty thriving music scene in it. It's kind of ebbed and flowed through the years. But right. There is a. What is the Beaux-Arts? What would you call it? It's like a...
3: When I first heard about Beaux-Arts, I heard it was the closest thing to Mardi Gras that you can find in Lexington, Kentucky. It is yes, a, that's a, a good way. free-for-all, wild event, very uh, risque, <laughs> yes. um, and also very creative. Yeah. So, like, when I went... The first year I went, Diplo was playing. Yep. And I'd, I'd never heard of Diplo. I remember, like cussing up a storm being like, what the heck, man? You paid 35 bucks and I've never even heard of this dude? You know, like... <laughs> and it's Diplo, right? Like, uh, I mean, the next month he was like on the cover of URB. And um, I mean, he did the... the. I remember him playing the remix of Gwen Stefani's Hollaback Girl, which was one of his big hits. But that that was year I showed up almost naked, completely painted gold. And uh, I think I I... I don't know if this should be on the <laughs> table <time>. or <laughs> right. well, not. I, I had very big eyes. If you understand what I had eaten, a bunch hey, of mushrooms. We will
1: uh, <laughs> we will, we will share. We will cut or uh, whatever you oh, want us I, to I, cut. I,
3: um, yeah. I okay. Mean,
1: so it was. Did you go one year painted gold and one year in henna? Yeah. The second year I went, again, I kept with the naked theme. (laughs) and I I did full body
3: henna, which was crazy because I actually shaved my head, shaved my eyebrows, shaved everything to do full on henna. And that's, I think, the year I met you. Yes. So I
1: am at... You were Rufio, right? (laughs) Yes. Thank you for remembering. I went... I was talking to a girl. This is at very different stages of your and I's lives. Right. We, we, we were, uh, <laughs> very different. <laughs> very, very very different. We were, we were exploring the studio space, so to speak. Uh, and I, I was uh, talking to this girl. She invited me to go. And she, I think, was a pirate. And I was like, well, I've got to be Rufio. And so I, like, striped my hair and I had kind of longer, like... Uh, I don't know, not faux hawk hair, but I could, I could, I make that, that, that work. Um, ripped up the jeans and I, where was it? Was it Tattersol's? Is that where it was? Or, or that, one of those like horse barn. Uh... Um,
3: gosh. Yeah. On, um, it was like a big, on Broadway, on South Broadway. Yeah. yeah it was like that's... a big,
1: com- a big horse compound where you could go and they had, they had big barns that had, you know, DJs set up. I mean, think about Mardi Gras is a good way to explain it because it, it was just like, You know, dance music, Uh, but we. But I mean, like the first year I went, there were people
3: in full on like the different shapes of Tetris, like full. They were all the different blocks. You had like the full cast of Rainbow Bright or the Care Bears, or like it was just. You get a lot of creativity and wild. And then there's like girls with nothing but pasties and stuff, you know, there was like a lot of, uh, and then there's Rufio and it's, it's like be as creative henna.
1: as you can or be as naked as you can, <laughs> right, that, you know? <laughs> well, I have a, I have a very distinct memory. I really had to use the, the restroom and you know, it's like porta potties out in the, these horse stalls. And so I'm standing there and it's the only part of the place that was like, had the actual lights on. So the lights are like lit up. And there's a guy, there's a naked dude standing behind me, or uh, like almost <laughs> naked, as naked as you could almost be. I had a loin cloth, you know, I <laughs> was covered. Cloth. And I like turned around and I looked at you and like, I couldn't help, I was like, whoa, like looked down and you were like, yeah, man, <laughs> I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> hey. Was it cold that year? I can't remember. <laughs> you were like, oh. man... This seemed like a good idea at the time, but I was like, is that henna? And and you and I just started, you were like, yeah, supposedly it's going to take like two weeks to wash this off <laughs> and you were covered in it. I was. I loved it. It was, you know,
3: fun, it was fun for me because I, I had friends who are artists yeah. and I had like, okay, hey, you do my back. You do my head. That's you, cool. You know, you do my chest piece. And and so it was, I mean, it was pretty elaborate That's cool. And, it was. and cool henna, but um,
1: I, I appreciated the artistry, and and it, I immediately knew that I loved you. Oh you were, goodness!
0: You, we we, the, we, we were, the
3: crappy thing about henna, it's not like you're drawing something. It takes forever to dry, <laughs> like forever. It was it was really hard to sit still that long. Oh for wow! The yeah, the whole what year was this? application? Two
1: thousand and three, maybe 2004. Or? I got no clue. I got no clue. I mean, I, I went for a couple
3: years after that. Um, I'm going to find maybe, out. Four or five, I think. They they don't still do that, do they? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm, I'm too old to know
2: well, about I, it. I know that it was that. at the warehouse that is now like... It was the axe throwing for a while, but now it's got that brewery and the cider. Well, sidery. when
3: I saw Diplo, it was in a car garage that yep. was downtown, um, that's maybe, been maybe torn I down. But maybe it was—I think it was times. pretty empty. That was that was the best year by mm. far when Diplo. But anyway, I had a lot of fun. I think it was in two thousand and seven, and I I was like Joe Dirt. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Because I, I channeled, good... I channeled my inner Joe Dirt, <laughs> yeah. and I was like,
1: I was rowdy, Joe Diertay. Yeah, your hair lends itself to the ability to do a lot of different things. Yeah, I had the big mustache and everything; <laughs> it was fun.
2: Well, I was gonna say when you all reconnected at church, like you all recognized each other right away.
1: I recognized you, were... you. I don't think you recognized me because, I, and I was like, "Hey, man," and you came with your brother, and, Probably. and I was like. Oh, this is this is that guy. Oh, like this guy's awesome. Oh goodness! And I was like, "Hey, were you at Bozarts ball?" Mm-hmm. And you got so red, you were like, "Oh man!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are well, like, what was I was I I probably, I was probably afraid you saw me the year before. That was the more
2: <laughs> the even, golden one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I probably knew your brother, Daniel. Cause, yeah, because yes, because Daniel was like a youth leader when I was. At some point in me being in middle school or high school, he was like a volunteer. Yeah. So I think I remember him like just kind of saying, This is my brother. So I remember that. But then I remember when I was in high school, you and not him, but another brother, Philip. Philip, yes. Oh, wow. Borrowed my car.
3: Okay, to drive yeah. to New York
2: or something? Uh,
3: no, it was uh, Virginia, Virginia, one of the Virginias. So it was a family reunion. This was right before I went to India. This was two thousand seven, okay. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems sounds right. But I, but to
2: thank me, I actually didn't know that you left me these. There were three CDs in my car, and uh, it it was like a year or two later. That it came up that you left them. Oh, fine. it was like forever after. But but one of them was um, Seven Swans, uh, Sufjan Stevens, yeah. which I had not heard of yet because I was, you know, not into that kind of music yet. And and I'm a huge Sufjan fan to this day. So I always I always think of you when I listen to Sufjan. But what, was, what were the other two? I think one of them was a Hot Chip album. Hot Chip. Uh, I was chip. all about the Hot <laughs> Chip. And then I think it I think it was Blur. Um, might have been a Blur album.
3: Okay, Blur. Or cut copy. Oh, it would have been no, cut copy. you left me a cut copy. Album. I'm a huge cut copy. That was the cut copy and hot chip were like. That time frame. Those were my two favorites at (laughs) that time frame. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like you just like we like ran into each other at church. You're like, did you ever get those CDs I left for you in your car? You're like, I left you Hot Chip. You know, I was like, that was you.
3: I love sharing the gift of music. Yeah,
1: I love that about
3: you. Well, it's one of the things I. I mean, I love about you guys as well is you guys are super passionate about the things you're passionate about, and you guys are super into
1: movies and music. And that's it. Yeah. So (laughs) speaking of Bozarts Ball and uh, Hot Chip and uh, Blur have you have you seen saltburn no okay I don't know that I want to okay yeah <laughs> well there's a point in there <laughs> Rosamund Pike is amazing and she says, I love her. she says a line about uh the blur song um And uh, she's it it made me laugh. I was like, "Oh my god!" She says it was written about her. Yeah, she was like, "Well, she was she's denying that they they thought it was written. People thought it was written about her because she was dating. It's like it's like a humble brag. Oh yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's the one that uh, William Shatner covered. Yes. Um, Oh, common people, common people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so love your love for music, Jonathan. And that did
3: you did you guys get my New Year's letter? My New Year's email.
1: Oh, we don't have access to the email. Oh, gosh. So Britt hasn't shared my New Year's email Probably with you guys not. yet. Oh, good. Might be
2: sitting on it. We uh, we I have not seen you guys since New Year's.
1: Nope. Did someone come sit with you? Adam. <laughs> good.
2: Adam came and sat with me. I've been doing fine, man. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no.
1: I thought you were going to say something about the, about the New Year's. So the email, if anybody wants to email us, it is youngamerican at gmail.com. Or is it Young American Pod? Pod. Oh, g-o. you mean,
2: you meant, did Adam come sit with me on New Year's? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, we bailed on that plan, and I went to Noah's party until like 3 a.m. and have been regretting it for two weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> More up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when my daughter was like, Daddy, wake up!
1: Oh, gosh. So the reason that you are here is because you have referenced our music taste and our and our musical opinions on the pod which we welcome. So white. <laughs> so, like so Speaking
4: white. of white, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so
1: speaking of white, Britain emailed or Britain Britain reached out to you and said, "Hey man, would you ever want to come up? We've kind of pivoted to doing sprinkling in some movies and some and some album reviews. Uh just some of our favorites, and we thought it would be fun to get some people, some friends of the pod on. So you are first friend of the pod. I'm so honored to be on this. I'm and flattered. and really a, a musical enthusiast
2: for sure. You were the first person we named. We were when we were thinking about this idea. We we're like, we could have people like Jonathan Barry come be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's always a chair for you yep. if you. And so he asked you what would be the the albums that you would want to reference, and you said you gave three options, right? I'd, or you probably gave like 1,200. Oh, oh, 1, oh, 1, well, I, I really think. Uh, Flaming Lips,
3: Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots is one of them. That's that's one yes, I wrote. I, a, I, all I voted the time. for that one. And then I, I think this album we're about to talk about was one of probably my second
1: choice. Okay. Voice. So tonight, welcome. Th- that was a very long intro <laughs> to get to. <laughs> we have Jonathan Barry here. We are going to review. What year did this come out? 2003. 2003. 2003s, the year of the Henna-Bozart's Ball-Rufio <laughs> uh, interaction. Uh, 2003s release by the Postal Service. Their only release. Up, and their right. only release. Their that's only right. album, yeah. Give Up. Um, the Postal Service... For those of you, if you are familiar with this album, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you're unfamiliar with this album, then you, you need have, to like remedy that immediately. Well, but you, you for sure, I'm convinced that everyone has heard this album. Oh yeah. Cause it, there, and we'll, and we'll get into a lot of that, but do, do either of you want to hit the history of some of this or, or I, I'd actually like to hear it from you just because you're such a connoisseur and you know this. Who are the Postal Service? It's a... Uh, break it down for us, Jonathan. Oh, I'm going to get the other guy's name wrong. Uh,
3: is it Jake... Jacob... Richie Tambora. No. Uh, Jeremy Tamborello. That's who it is. Jimmy. Who, Jimmy Tamburello. Yeah, he's um, <clears throat> mostly records as... I think it's Dentel. I was
2: trying to figure out how to pronounce that as well. D-N-T-E-L. Dental? D-E-L.
3: Dental? Dan, Dan, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to dental, figure it out if his dental dental don't tell d- didn't tell. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. that's that's he, nice. he, he mostly records under um but uh him and Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie did this album and they would mail it back and forth as they worked on it and that's why they named it The Postal Service. Yep.
1: Right. So, Which I really love like that. just the fact that it's there is a story even in the name of that So they are named the Postal Service. This album comes out, and I think they are sued. When are they? They are sued by the United States Postal Service pretty quick. Pretty quick upon the release.
3: no, it was we'll a break couple us, years. Break it down for. It us. was a couple years later because it was a sleeper hit.
1: Well, so it, it means, becomes huge
2: it, and it starts getting. So all these hits oh, start happening. So the album came out in February, I think. Of
1: February so of 2003. It
2: says in August 2003, the United States Postal Service served them with a cease and desist. Really? Letter. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I remember it was in that first year. So it was it was ongoing for the next year. Ben Gibbard flew to meet with the Postmaster General. That's yes. hilarious. And they reached they reached a decision that they could keep the band name if they gave them some um, I guess some marketing. If and they so, gave them
1: marketing, if they got to use it in their promotional, in their promotionals stuff, yeah. and he they had to play they the did like Surgeon little, General's like party or something. For
3: yes. And did like two songs or <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, but they
2: right. ended up saying it was like, it was super funny because like all of the people involved with the Postal Service, the the entity not the band were like everyone's just really in on the joke and right ended up being like a pretty cool relationship but yep. it, but it started pretty tumultuous but
1: but uh, it, this was an it was a UP, so the two the two main tracks if you've heard this album are uh the district sleeps alone tonight it opens with this track um <clears throat> really cool sounding kind of dissonant um i mean it's it's very electronic and it's it's. I don't know if it's the first time. I mean, there there have been times before, but nowadays it's it's pretty commonplace for an artist to collaborate with another artist. And it's.
3: Well, I mean, that's
1: why I used to say this was the most
3: important album of the last twenty years. Really? I. I mean, if you'd asked me any time in the early aughts or the first that first decade of you know the two thousands, I would have said Postal Service is the most important album because. I mean everybody does this now yeah and that's like even 20 years later the only reason that this album doesn't hold up as well is because there's so many imitators, correct? Right, and there's a billion imitators. I mean, uh, Owl City is literally like the Kids Bop version, right? Right, and they made it all the way to number one I know. on the number one song on Billboard with that <laughs> stupid Fireflies.
1: Well, I, I have a I have a bone to pick about that. That I'll get into okay. later uh, uh, about that specific comment there. But yes, you are right. Nowadays, so when something comes out. Especially a hit, if it's a number one hit, it's rare to see that it's only just one artist on there. I mean, it's usually going to be Billie Eilish and, you know, fill in the blank, or, you know, uh, Post Malone featuring whoever. I did not know. Now I was I was familiar with. Um, I had a good friend Nathan Miller, and he was a massive Death Cab for Cutie fan, and that was like the they were they were in the. If you were a Death Cab for Cutie fan, if you watched uh, The O.C., you're familiar with, you know, sh- shout out John Sang, mm-hmm. uh, captain of The O.C. Club. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie was Ben Gibbard, and it was your typical emo... Well, I don't. I don't know how you would you would describe them. I don't necessarily. I'm not a bit. Okay, so I wrestle with that label emo
3: because sometimes emo now is a got a goth kind of connotation, and I wouldn't say it's not goth. It's. I mean, it's emo. What emo was. In the early two thousands, yeah, like it was emotional, yeah, emotional, emotional, super melodramatic lyrics. But I mean, they're just a band. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an alternative band or an indie band. They had they had some pop leanings, which helped.
2: I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Postal Service exists probably because of his his pop sensibility. But um, a dash of pop a dash, sensibility, a dash of it, but the uh, slant to the heavy
1: side.
3: Um, but I I'll take the Postal Service over anything Deathcap's done Ooh. personally. I mean that's just me like I, I that's I but will, you also you guys play instruments you are musicians I came of age in the electronic music scene so I, IDM is my stuff like and not EDM I make that very clear <laughs> yeah. there is a huge difference between IDM and yeah. EDM like I came of age in the rave scene and so I will never forget I was um I was going to see Blur in Atlanta, and a friend of mine had uh, burned me a couple CDs. And one was like the Knot Twist, Neon Golden, one was a Granddaddy CD, and one was the Postal Service. And I mean, burnt CDs, you know, this is the time, right? I could not get enough of it. The whole drive down there, that's all I wanted to listen to is that Postal Service. I was just blown away. And I think part of what captured me was Ben Gibbard's voice. I think is he's got <clears throat> such a very unique voice. But then it was this contrast between these uh, sometimes, you know, very emotional breakup lyrics, sad, what could be very depressing and this super poppy like electronics, like super yeah. happy. Like it's like a, it's like a contrast of emotions. The sounds and the words were totally at contrast, which I'm like now like Pink Panthers is, that's what's made her famous. You know, like there's so many people that follow that nowadays. Yeah. Right. What
1: I love, well, I am a little bit of two minds on, uh, on. Uh, well, I want to comment on a couple of things. You're right. I would consider, I guess when I think of emo music I think of um death Gap for cutie Be- American you, football and that kind of yeah, thing yeah you're right because right. now and mineral Elliot all those types of bands uh yep. in nowadays it's looked at as like oh uh, my chemical romance right and like that's that you know that that is the iconic definition of of that and to me That's like almost pop punk. That's a. It's a a
3: generational thing, right? Because that's we were we were there when emo first started out. We were there
1: when that label first got used. But twenty years later, it has a different connotation now. But what I love about this uh, sound and what kind of captures you when you start, I I encourage you, if you haven't listened to this album, just start it up. Like you're going to be mesmerized by the first two, really by the first just sounds of this album. But those first two tracks are just absolutely, uh, capturing and, and iconic, but there's, there is a, I was never massively into dance music. I have, I'm a big pop fan though. I just never, I don't think that I would have disliked it. I just, it was, it was never, I was never around the scene at all. So it was, you know, my, my dance music, it was like technotronic um, and, you know, which I think I pulled from like the Ninja Turtle movies, <laughs> and then like the uh, Mortal Kombat yeah. soundtrack, <laughs> and then like whatever I was pulling from like MTV, like Late Night, which would have been like the Chemical Brothers, Prodigy, like the big like festival type of stuff. Like, and I I had some of that. What's what's the Prodigy album that was uh, smack smack my <laughs> what's, what's the, with the crab on it? It's oh. uh, Fat of the Land. Yeah. <clears throat> Chemical Brothers, Dirt. Uh, Fat Boy Slim. Bat Boy Slim. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I did you not like any of that stuff.
3: Like I, I did yeah. not like any of that. Yeah, so stuff. it was a very
1: weird time, and and there's something different about – I'd never listened to – what's it, Richie Tambora? This, <laughs> Jimmy oh. Jimmy Tamborello. Yeah, I'd, Dintel I'd, or, Dintel or whatever. I'd never listened to Dintel, uh before this. And and I'm, I didn't honestly didn't know when people were like, Oh, uh, you know, Jimmy Tamborello is is partnering with Ben Gibbard, you gotta hear it. I'm like, who is that? But yeah. the sounds that he's making, it's almost a throwback. Like they almost sound like old school video game type of uh, of electronic there's just certain sounds like there is one that literally I, oh. I played for my son and he's a massive Mario uh, Brand New Colony. Yeah. That one totally sounds like eight bit, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's... Is it brand new? There's one... What's number five? The one that's like... uh, (laughs) But then there's one that... It just sounds like Mario (laughs) grabbing coins out of the air the whole time. It's like... Uh, But I... Ben Gibbard... (laughs) He's going to hate that I say this. I really am... I don't know that I'm a fan of Ben Gibbard. What? I like... I I can recognize that he is a like a, a, a fire starter for what he did, and, and he's he's you know still cranking it out and doing doing some great stuff. Death Cab I have a love hate relationship with. There are some songs that like are that are iconic to my teenage years, just because I listened to him in a car and I, I love them. The Photo Booth album when that very first one came out and the song Photo Booth. Absolutely love that song. Uh, but Death Gap for Cutie, I'm I'm way more of a track skipper on any album, so it's hard for me to listen to an album all the way through. I He's probably, I'm good for two to three songs on any of his albums. I love them. I, I don't know that there's anyone that has such a simplicity to their writing. Now, he can write some good lyrics, but a simplicity to their writing without vocal range... I know I
3: can. I feel your look. I feel your look. Feel your look. The, the funny thing is, I don't listen to Death Cab. Yep. I'm not a Death Cab guy. You I don't. am. I am a postal service stand <laughs> Like this album, no joke. I would. I used to say this was the most important album of the last twenty years. Do you? Like, but
1: do you think that that's because of? I mean this. This album is is objectively top heavy. I
3: don't agree. I don't. Wow. Okay. And, and no. So it's funny because I was—I've been reading a lot about the album in preparation, and the two songs people rip on the most are like "Sleeping in" and "Clark Gable." And I'm like, those are my two favorite songs. I love, I love like, those songs. Yeah. You know. I um, so I—I I can listen to this album. It's—it's it's not too long no nope. it's short enough that I can listen to every single song every single song sounds different enough I love um, I think it's Clark Gable the first real audible uh second voice that comes in
1: you know um, there, there's one in district sleeps alone right
2: but Jenny Lewis is in almost every song except for I think two is someone named Jen Wood yeah and we she's she's touring with them on this on this reunion tour right uh, both of them are but yeah, she's
3: the one on on uh, Clark Gable, I believe. That, yes, like, yeah.
2: Because re- on that in that article you sent us, it said that she recorded two songs with them, and I think it was Clark Gable and I don't know, maybe maybe Such Great Heights, which is also called Takeoffs and Landings, or was originally called that. Maybe I think so. Yeah. yeah, they used to confuse the hell out of me. I'm glad they changed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, so my relationship to this album, I did not listen to it when it came out. How um, old were you? I in was in I was in eighth grade. Gotcha. So, I don't know, thirteen. Um, and I think it was in 2004 ish. Chris introduced me to Death Cab, which is funny, because um, you hate him so much. I do. Um, <laughs> I, I do not hate him. No, I just remember you were we were at a show at Quest, like in the back when we did the Dennis Drive shows, and you you had some sort of stupid toy ukulele, and you were just, <laughs> you, were just you were just you were just pretending to sing the New Year. And uh, oh, okay, okay, and I was like, "What is? That? Was that
3: Transatlanticism?" I, I, I think I was yeah. like, "Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. I think that's their biggest.
2: No album. plans. Plans, is probably is, their biggest. plans. Oh, you're right. For sure, their marching band in Manhattan. And um, but that album actually came out the same year, Transatlanticism, which uh, Ben Gibbard says 2003 was his his like his, his most year. creative year. Yeah, yeah, he just he was able to write two pretty iconic albums, um, but. I think you like we literally like you don't know this. Let's get in my car. And you like showed me, you showed me new you're in your car and I, I fell in that love song. with I fell in love with Death Cab. I listened to that album front to back a thousand times. I'm an album guy. And then maybe a couple months later I'm hanging out with Wes Meek and he was making a mixtape for some girl like he did. <laughs> and he was like just out, over Wes. and over and over again playing Such Great Heights. Like he was just like, oh, I wish I could make an album like this. And I was like, it sounds a lot like Death Cab, but with electronic music behind it. And he's like, that's who it is. And so I like immediately made my parents b- drive me to CD Central or whatever. I bought <laughs> Sam it. Sam Goody
3: now. Yeah, <laughs> I probably bought the album three times or yeah. more. Really? Know? Yeah, because I mean, like my first copy was a burned CD. So oh, man. I mean, I yeah, I played Lime them, Wire and, yeah.
1: all the way, buddy.
2: <laughs> but there was like a there was a, a period of my life where I I thought that I was going to make an album that sounded like this and then Al City came out at the right time when I was the right age and I was kind of like <laughs> oh somebody can do this and then I was like <laughs> it's kind of bad though but,
3: <laughs> but he sounds exactly like him um yeah. I think all us you know hipster kids hated Al City because yeah. it was like
1: you're still They're, they're getting
3: the spotlight that should have gone to the Postal Service, right? There was well,
2: that wave of Owl City, uh, Passion Pit was around the same time, um, and then lately, uh, the last ten years, churches, has been churches,
3: like- M83. Yes. I mean, there's yes. a billion, a billion, and it's it's. I mean, that whole
1: definitely. bedroom pop sound. Yes, right. MF Doom. <laughs> I'm <just> joking. <laughs> to,
2: to show somebody this album now is interesting. Yeah, like if I were to send it to Diego, which I'm sure I have. Um it probably falls a little bit flat and I don't know why. I uh, I think it's just because it was I'll a, tell you why. it was a it was
1: <laughs> just cause joking.
2: it's cuz he's got no range. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> No, I, and I don't mean like he doesn't have any I, I mean he I don't mean that he can't sing and I don't mean that he's he's a bad singer. I mean if you were to take like on, on an actual like um I, I don't I'm naughty a singer or a vocalist or even... I, I don't play... I play drums. I hit things. I hit things as a musician. So when somebody calls me a musician, I'm like, well, I really just hit things. Um, I don't... Do you play an instrument. I don't speak letters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for me to be as much of a music junkie as I am and I've
3: never picked up in it... Well, I used to play cello in high school, but that's about See, it. That, See, that's, that's more than I can.
1: <laughs> I can pluck around.
2: See, that's one of my only... When I listen to this album, Front to Back Now, which I actually do, you know probably a couple times every single years for 20 years. Um, I One of my only things is like, I do miss a little bit of, like I want him to, I love when Ben Gibbard plays guitar and I'm, there is some guitar in there, but it's very minimal. And I miss, I miss some of his chord progressions. I miss some instrumentation in there. And that's just, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I'm more of a I like, I would much rather listen to like the popular pop stuff than electronic music most of the time. But I think I, I do miss a little bit of of and and brave you know is it uh, what's a nat natural anthem the last song on the album yeah has some really sick drums on it but yeah um, and there's some there's some moments like there's that. there's a couple but. songs that have
3: like when the drums come in it's yes. a real big deal yeah I so. would
2: love to see which they just extended this this anniversary tour right. for these two albums I would love to see that because they are playing this album like with some players right Death Cab's basically providing that and then they're playing transatlanticism all the way through too. That would be a pretty sick tour to see. Well, yeah.
1: let me clarify. So when I say I don't think he has range, it's not they there's a they've they've studied this and they say that uh I'm blanking on the guy on the name, the lead singer for Guns N' Roses, Axel Rose, yeah. they say that he has the widest vocal range like objectively in his in his prime because he could sing so low and you can hear it in uh I can't remember he, you know sweet child of mine he's just like way up here and then he but he can also hit these way low notes. I think that Ben Gibbard probably has one of the smaller ones next to Tom Waits. Like just a pretty like <laughs> Tom Waits is <laughs> two names I wouldn't know. Tom about. Waits yeah, was the yeah, original child, singer of Postal yeah. Service. Like <laughs> 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 no, like Tom Waits he's got those three notes and he's got that real yeah. I mean it just sounds like a a just a handful of sandpaper with lips singing to you. <laughs> so and Ben Gibbard it's like when I listen to him, I'm like, man, I, this, this, I really like this song. And after the third song, I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't need any more, but, and, and not because I hate it, but just because I'm like, okay, nothing's like super catching me here, but like, yes, new year. Like I, that's, I love that song. And it's, it's, I've, it is the first song that I play every new year. I always start the year listening to that song. What you're describing is the way
3: I feel about Death Cab.
1: Okay, yeah, is like
3: if if I really connect with some lyrics or something, but I'm like, as a whole, uh, as a whole album, after so many songs, I'm like, it's starting to sound the same to me.
1: Well, see, I don't know if it's me being a drummer that like I just gravitate towards the beats because Britton and I are very different, are very very similar in our music taste, but the 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 forks that we take are pretty massive. Like, I will go hip hop rap. Uh, we we have huge and pop is, and is rock. really white in his taste. Britain is very like. Hey, white have you listened male. to this old <laughs> folk like country singer, singer songwriter stuff? Like he just eats that stuff up. Like I'll get into his truck and he's listening to old uh, Scottish folk music, and I'm just like, okay, wow. I don't know that I ever jammed with this, but this sound this is kind of cool. Um, he's gonna kill me for that one. That <laughs> I can't remember the the. Which of the Western Seas or something. Great song. Can't, I can't remember what it was, but it's it's it really is a good song. But, like, when I jump into the car and Doja Cat's Say So comes on, I crank that to 11 and press repeat, and it's on for the rest of the day. Where if – if uh, and I, it, it was that way with Such Great Heights and, and uh, The District Sleeps Alone. It was the first time that I heard Ben Gibbard's voice, and I was like, ooh, I love what's going on in the background here. Like, I can – this is I can tap to this. So earlier you were talking about this album, and you said
3: uh, I think everyone's probably heard this album. It's because it's been used yep. in every TV show in the last twenty years. Like, I'm, wasn't it the theme song for Grey's Anatomy at one point or something? Never such,
1: seen a lick of Grey's Anatomy. Such great. Uh, one of the.
2: Something. I mean, they they have a ton of pop culture uh, moments. It's just like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah.
3: That's where I feel like the album. I feel like it holds up, but there's also this little bit of datedness to it. It's because there's, it's been around for 20 years, and it's been used And ads. I mean, they use the iron and wine covered such great yeah. heights in yeah. uh, Garden State,
1: and I think it was used in an M&M commercial. Yeah, there was and- an iron and wine did it. Uh, didn't... I think uh, John Mayer did a cover of it. Like that's that's been covered by everybody, right? Which I'm really surprised when you said that art music was white, and it, on that episode for sure it was. That was that was. I mean,
3: it was. was it, it, I was really just trying to
1: <laughs> riff with you guys. Yeah, I loved
3: was it. Like, I loved it's it white rock. It was all rock. If you know, you I have like, a problem? With, I was with like, like what we're where's saying? your hip hop? Give me a female artist. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, that is funny. We we weren't thinking. We were because we you were going tri-
2: to the. Tournament style show but what's but funny is jpeg mafia opened that show <laughs> right <laughs> which is and funny was one soccer of the mommy there Peggy too or something no, it was snail mail snail, snail mail, mail okay. who i love which so female artist right. and uh, and a hip-hop right. artist. both both of which i liked i, I was not as impressed with jpeg because it was such like a i hadn't heard his music and it was wild to watch that group but uh since then i've actually become a fan and uh, he had that album with danny brown last year scaring the hose it's super good
1: <laughs> scaring the hose yeah it's love so it.
2: it's such a good album um well, probably one of the year's best as far as like uh mainstream stuff goes. Yeah. But, um it's just yeah, it was just funny because a- we were talking Mostly in the context of turnstile.
1: Right, right. Yeah, 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 So we were on we were riffing on that. I just but had when to, you said, I'm like, You it... got two Hispanics and an Asian dude and <laughs> yeah. you guys are like the whitest. <laughs> yeah. Music well things. funny that you say that because when Britain said, Hey Jonathan Barry, would love to do an album review with you. What do you want? You said flaming lips, which I'll ride for that album gotcha. and the postal service. And which and
2: beautiful dark twisted fans. Which yeah. is an Alzheimer...
1: Beautiful dark twisted. those are Yeah. Yes. I so but but uh I would argue that Ben Gibbard, like, if you want to look up a, a dictionary definition of what is white people music, it's Ben Gibbard. I'm
3: not going to disagree, but I think the Postal Service is pretty universal. And it's because of the electronics.
1: You're right. I, I exactly. Mean, it because it's because of the because electronics. electronics. Yes. So if somebody else was singing this, would you still love it? Or is it the combination of the it's two the, of them? Well, I love the the... 8-bit, the video game, the...
3: I mean, I... That's what got me into the Postal Service. Now, I loved Ben's voice, but I... I...
1: Exactly. <laughs> I eat that up, man. That's... I see. I love that. And there is something about Ben Gibbard. Like, he really is... Uh, there's a simplicity to his writing. Like, I'm just going to read you some of the lyrics oh, do to it. to... Uh, to... This album. So this is this is the, the, just the opening track. The district sleeps alone tonight. Smeared black ink. Your palms are sweaty, and I'm barely listening to last demands. I'm staring at the asphalt, wondering what's buried underneath. Where am I? I'll wear a badge, a vinyl sticker with big block letters adhering to my chest that tells your new friends I am a visitor here. I am not permanent. There's like I think he's a really really good lyricist and i didn't give him credit for that for a long time uh what's the what's the big song that off
2: of plans are you talking about uh i will fall you into the dark
1: no the one that he talks about uh he just has a way with words where uh, anyone else saying that where he's like it reeks of piss in 409
3: oh yeah um i mean my 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 uh death cab knowledge is like
1: I accidentally, I accidentally typed in reeks of puss in 409. <laughs> Don't do that because what came up? <laughs> <coughs>
3: Send it to Andrew. <laughs>
1: Andrew's like, I'm on it. Uh, oh, it's what Sarah said. I've taught myself that on the piano and I play it You know, every time I'm behind one but i didn't fall in love with that song until i i started to learn to play it and i i listened to the lyrics of it and man like it's it like really hit me he's articulating in the simplest form possible sitting in a hospital waiting room waiting for someone to die and uh
2: he's, because that's the whole thing is what sarah said is true love is watching someone die so who's going to watch me
1: die yeah who's going to watch me die among amongst the vending machines and the year old magazines in a place where we only say goodbye it stung like a violent wind that our memories demand on a faulty camera in our minds and i knew that you were a truth i knew that you were a truth i would rather lose than have never lain beside it all and i looked around at all the eyes on the ground as the tv entertained itself cuz there's no comfort in the waiting room just nervous paces bracing for bad news and then the nurse comes round and everyone lifts their head i'm thinking about what sarah said that love is watching someone die wow and then the yeah, outro i got that, that, chills. Yeah. the outro of that like i remember i listened to that i probably in the, in the last year man and it, it hit me like I, I got real emotional just listening and i, I listened to it again and i was like man like i do not give this guy credit mm-hmm. and I, I really love I, I think he's he's great he's iconic
2: It's crazy hearing him or like reading some of the things he said, especially around the 20-year. That article you sent, and then some other things I've seen. um, But how easily this album in particular came to him. He's like, I don't mean that in like a braggy, cocky way, but like this album was incredibly easy to make and everything we tried just worked cuz we had such good chemistry overnight. Right.
3: He said there wasn't any extra songs. Yeah. He said these were the songs we made. Like there wasn't wow. songs that That's didn't end up on
2: the album. Like, like as a as a songwriter I'm just like my my voice memo is a nightmare of just like <laughs> like what was I thinking um like the fact that they could they can come away with t- here's our 10 songs. Um and then they never did it again. Like, right? <laughs> they,
3: <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Part of why this album is so iconic is because it's the only one. Yep. Yep. It's the only one.
1: I really love and respect that about them, that they, th- it was, I mean, you you couldn't escape this song. These, at least these, the, the District Sleeps Alone Tonight is great, and you, you probably recognize it if you hear it, but Such Great Heights was everywhere, and they said, no, we're just doing one. They did one song on don't tell, didn't
3: tell whatever yeah. dental his album the year before or something or like 2000. I think it was 2001. Yeah. yeah. They did one song, um, that uh, people loved. I mean, it
2: was like pitchforks, like song of the year right, or something. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. And that, um, which is crazy. Cause I was listening to it b- this week and, I don't think it sounds anything like the Postal it's Service. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like I like uh, one of the things they do which is very common in the IDM is the like the static, like the crackle that's in that song, but other than that I'm like it's not poetic, it's not there's no groove to it, you right. know. It's it's more of the intelligent dance music yeah. like uh cerebral, but um no, this I I love the Postal Service cuz you can almost you can you can dance to it in yeah. a little. Indie. Oh, you
1: can. Yeah. Oh, you can. Dude, I can dance to anything. <laughs> let me hit you with some recycled <laughs> air. Actually, actually, <laughs> no. Let me let me hit you with some recycled. There's air. some really great.
2: I love this song. Okay. We, well, can play we can play it yeah, on there Br-
1: Britton, Play this song behind me uh, as as we as this is this is what you're listening to right near here is recycled air off of this uh, Give Up album. And this is my prop. This is where I, I have a little bit of a bone to pick with uh, his lyric writing because I think that he's great and he can write something like Sarah said and the district sleeps alone. And then this one sounds like he is staring out a window and just being like, I see a dog. <laughs> <laughs> he's being walked by. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'm
3: sitting here thinking, like, dude, twenty years ago, he's talking about climate change before anybody else is. Like, especially after a pandemic, yep, I can relate to these lyrics in a whole new way. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and he and it's cool hearing about the process. To me, that he would get these burn CDs from Jimmy. In the mail, and then he'd put him in his CD player and walk around his neighborhood or walk around the city at night, like in the middle of the night, and just think of lyrics, and it would just like jot him down. And so there was a, I think there was a little bit of like stream of consciousness of like, yeah, here's what I'm seeing in Seattle right now. Yeah, like, Um,
1: I know your mom, (laughs) I am your dad and friend.
2: It's also like that was really good in the in the in the history of music that this this album has made waves is kind of and i think just yeah looking back on it like for all the reasons we said with all of the copycats and people that were motivated to to write albums like this but it was on sub pop which is you know a very iconic and sub pop at the time was kind of they they made their their business on grunge grunge and this is the second highest selling sub pop album of all time behind nirvana's Nirvana. bleach unbelievable which right. is insane because they couldn't be diff- more different <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which i think they were looking for something they were like i think yeah, they they were trying
1: to figure out a new cut a new and they way. did
2: and, but it's kind of crazy that like ben gibber's like hey we should do an album together and I think Sub Pop would do it. <laughs> like the fact that that was even a conversation before that anyone had heard anything. Like just because of that that one song from 2001 that we mentioned right. was so popular, and it was a little bit on the more edgy. Like it had a little bit like of a like a rough sound behind it. It was not polished.
1: No. How big was was Death Cab at this point?
2: Not big. They, I mean, they hadn't had their breakout album Transatlanticism until I think this. They, fall, we have the, same the facts, here. and
1: we're voting yes. I think was the album before this, maybe.
2: It was. They had two albums out because I think Transatlanticism's album three, and uh, so they he didn't have he had a, he had the in he probably had some indie rock um, street cred, okay. but he had not had a hit yet. And and I wonder, and I, I don't know if there's any way to look that up, but I wonder how much the Postal Service's success impacted tra- Transatlanticism's.
1: Oh, absolutely. Success. No, that's a, I I think that. The Postal Service was unique and it was kind of a blip in, the, yeah. in this scene. And it, and it created so much um, creativity from artists. People were like, you know, as Jonathan said, white kids like us were like, I can do that. I can make that. Uh, and, you know, then all of a sudden he was like, oh, you guys like this? Well, let me show you my really white stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then people were like, and then he was like, oh, I'm never going back because Death Cab's my thing. It's and, also and crazy
2: that, I mean, Rilo Kylie was a band, but but they hadn't become Rilo Kylie yet. Right. And so that he was just friends with Jenny Lewis on like an indie rock level and was like, you want to sing on this little project? And now she's iconic for Rilo Kylie, but also iconic for being the second, third voice in this album. Yeah. Um, and is touring with them to this day. is very cool. And, and Jenny Lewis is. uh popular by her own name as well right but rilo kiley is a a band that literally came up in our text thread yesterday from andrew like it's 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 a very iconic band um kind of like death cab that had like it was just a really weird time because the strokes like that whole thing in 2001 with the strokes like had really pushed that sound forward and then death cab got to kind of be in that wave as well but i i you gotta know i mean for sure this this little sub pop album had to have pushed transatlanticism yeah. out there. And, I mean, they had they had definitely stepped up their songwriting for transatlanticism. Oh, for sure, yeah.
3: Was I was uh, reading an article where he was talking about how hard it was to not feel like – like he was like, I really didn't want the band thinking I was giving all my good lyrics or, or good songs to this other side project and how I – like, I really wanted them to be different and unique and not – I'm like, right. I can't imagine – as an artist, that struggle of like, I got the band, it's my main <laughs> thing, but I'm doing this little thing on the side, you know.
2: He's but, a very prolific writer, though. I mean, he's got he's got albums under his own name as well. He's got so much out there, like so much content yeah. over the last 25 years from Ben Gibbard. Like, it's it's insane how many songs he's written. Um, and I'm sure there's so much that we've never heard as well, but sure. he has written so many songs and so many of them that are, I mean, and just like anything, I think that so much of an of of an album's um, meaning or uh, yeah the the reason we're sitting here talking about give up is when it hits you at what what point in your life it kind of comes right. to you and death cab for me because it sounds like I'm the biggest death cab fan here um, <laughs> I mean it was just like you know I, not a bad thing nope. I, yeah but I'm, I'm middle school and high school like right. that's a that's a and and the fact that I can still listen to what Sarah said and like feel something like those those songs mean something to me because. Um, because they're good, but because they came to me at a time right, in life that was right. very, very formative.
1: And even, I mean, for, for that instance, like I'd heard what Sarah said so many times before, but I'd never really paid attention to the lyrics. And, and it, yeah, it really kind of wrecked me. Um, But I, I think that there is a romanticism to this album specifically. Like you said, this is all they wrote. They didn't have any right. other songs. Like there's nothing left on the album. The whole thing, they're called the Postal Service – and that's because they were sending these tracks to each other through the U.S. Postal Service. Well, that
2: actually did devastate me to find out it was UPS and FedEx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It says that that article from, I think it was on Stereo Gum, right? And, and it was like, sorry to burst anyone's bubble or make you feel like you've built your life on a, <laughs> a bed lie. of lies.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> Be like, he, he got a stamp and he licked them yeah. and he put he, it on here. He couldn't name it FedEx. <laughs> <or> <laughs> <laughs> this is called, what can Brown do for you? <laughs> uh. So, yeah, I mean, that and then the whole – I remember hearing that that suit between the uh, the U.S. Postal Service suing them, which I can't remember another time, Jonathan, you may know, that a government agency has actually sued a musical artist or been involved with a musical artist like that. I mean, obviously, there's like the Tipper Gore thing in the 80s when they had the uh, – I don't know. I remember when MIA flipped the bird at the
3: Super Bowl, but – got yep. people all up in arms and or of course there's Nipplegate with janet johnson
1: <laughs> right you know and, <laughs> yeah. like what was it a few years ago i the story regardless of what you think about either of them that trump like pardoned uh what's his name uh <laughs> not pardon him he got him out of out of prison in oh, another country oh uh, uh, was it asap rocky yes yeah, rocky. Yeah. he like, got him out <laughs> which i'm just like man To Trump and ASAP Rocky. Like, but just the story alone was like, what? Golly. The the government or the the postal service is suing Benjamin Gibbard for for his name on his on his little email. It's, it's
2: because it was so successful. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, I think they just didn't want, they said it was like squelching their name or something. Yeah, yeah like, like a,
3: how? how? <laughs> was, uh, the Postal Service was having a slow week. Yeah, they and they were. Were, they, I'm yeah, going to sue this
1: guy. Right. But, they
3: were scared of email taking all their yeah.
1: business. And People, yeah. It was 2003, remember? Yeah. People were getting confused. They were starting to give their letters to Ben Gibbard <laughs> to get to Santa Claus and, and not us. <laughs> oh. Do you have any, like, golden nuggets of this that you... I mean, you being the audiophile and just the connoisseur that you are, I, I would love to give you just What's, an opportunity. Uh, to... is, it, is it Sleeping In where he's
3: talking about the John F. Kennedy address? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love those lyrics. Um, that's another... I no- mean, that's another... I'll give you That's a really good set of lyrics there. Right, because I, I was... I mean, this was a you know, Nathan's talking about when albums come to you, like this was the period of my life where I was probably just starting to smoke pot. And I was like getting into conspiracy theories <laughs> and probably just team JFK or something, you know? And so the whole, like that, that line was, uh, That whole segment.
1: Last week, I had the strangest dream where everything was exactly as it seemed, where there was never any mystery of who shot John F. Kennedy. It was just a man with something to prove, slightly bored and severely confused. He steadied his rifle with his target in the center and became famous on that day in November. So good, yeah. it is. So this good. is definitely so of, simple, though. This right. is definitely
2: a song that I put on in the car anytime I was driving, like a girl home or something, and I was just like, "Look how deep I am." <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have a sensitive side too. I don't just listen to I don't know Blink One Eighty Two.
1: Look at my Rufio haircut. Yeah, <laughs> you hear about John, John F. Kennedy? Yeah,
2: that's a good song.
1: Yeah, it's really good. There's a uh, there's a couple on. The, so the last it kind of ends with. There's not many lyrics in that last track.
2: No. It's mostly instrumental until the last minute. Like right. A minute of lyrics. Yeah.
1: You like Clark Gable. I do. Oh, you know what? This place is a prison.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one.
1: Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This song is a prison. Hold on.
3: <laughs>
4: cue up. The like cue
1: it. up. This place is a prison, Britain oh, but, Okay. Man. The inch, the, like the.
3: Electronics. This is dark.
1: It
0: is. This
3: one's like a little heavier. There's crunchier. This isn't the like happy pop. This is, you know, (laughs) it's like like rattly bass and stuff. That so so yes, I. uh, But
1: it's weird coming. It's like here's this, and then all of a sudden like, and now Bowser's taking over the Mushroom (laughs) Kingdom. But no, I. I mean, this
3: place is a prison. You're you're talking to a guy who <laughs> I, I mean I was every weekend of my life out at the rave yes you know traveling to a different city um and so yeah I I liked happy hardcore just as much as I like dark yeah drum and bass heavy you know so I like the different contrast of of Haley and especially where he's uh, uh Jimmy Tamborello's experimenting with with field sounds and captured sounds and, and that whole IDM. I mean Apex, you keep Apex Twin is one of my favorite artists in the entire world. And I bet you guys
1: probably don't know a single Apex Twin song. I could not name an, an Apex Twin okay. song. But I am an Apex twin, I think. <laughs> Uh, what 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 is an Apex twin? I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, gonna... a, it's a twin that only likes some songs on every album you've <laughs> oh oh ever heard. <laughs> well,
3: so, so I'm the Aphex. Twin. Aphex twin is the perfect example. I will send you guys a little three-song playlist okay. later tonight of like three Aphex twin songs, and you will hear something that is one of, I think, the most beautiful songs in the world, just like very piano, very stripped down, um, simple then he's got uh, that's avril thir- uh 14 then there's like window liquor which is like it, i mean i think he samples like porn sounds in it and there's like <laughs> like it's it's so poppy Come though, here, you and, little liquor. and then it'll have some like really crunchy dark heavy like i mean it's and so that that whole idm sound was real like uh that's what they call intelligent dance music you know n- n- like
1: I said, not to be confused
3: with EDM, not to be confused. Okay, so with I was, was going to ask okay. you. You
1: said you said not you said that earlier. Okay, EDM and IDM. Can you explain the difference? EDM is Calvin Harris. Mm-hmm.
3: EV, EDM is this this Avicii. Oh yeah, it is the stuff that got really popular R-I-P. in the in the especially around the 2008 to 2010. Um, it's what Will I Am tried to do with all the Black Eyed Peas stuff. It's 303. It's clubby uh but there's no soul to it it's empty idm is is intelligent dance music and it is it is often uh you know the very british very cerebral very uh glitchy and they're just trying to see what new sounds they can create what new things they can do and so yes it's very 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 different and um And so, yeah, so that's one of the things I liked about the album was the way that song would be so dark in contrast to Brand New Colony. I also love
2: the idea that, I mean, Ben Gibbard has been the, you know, lead songwriter for this band for however many years at this point. And, like, that's, like, my dream is, like, that somebody would, like, make me, like, (laughs) here's the song, now now write it. Like, now write the lyrics, now write the melody, sing this song, like... That's kind of a dream cuz sometimes the hardest like I've always Oh, been. you would
1: rather be the lyric? I
2: would not rather be. It's just such a fun challenge to be like, yeah. here's a song, can you can you finish it? Like that's that's a very fun challenge to me. Kind of similarly to someone's like, here's a here's a topic, write a song
1: about. Like it. like the winner thing w- that Yes, uh,
2: I loved that challenge because cool. I had to write a song based around a a topic that was given to me, which is cool. Um, but yes, for somebody to say, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. I have no melody. I just have the The foundation here for you go, and that he i he is somebody who I would consider a very very strong lyricist and I've only ever thought that. Um,
1: but just give give this night a is a pri- this song is a prison. I one did more, today. One more, one more list. I did today. <laughs> Recycled air. It's good. I breathe <laughs> in. My chest puffs <laughs> out, and then I've I would definitely love to on.
3: know like. I, the the song like I would love to hear it in all the different back and forths yep. of a song yeah, like yeah, that okay he's just got these beats and then he's got these lyrics oh and then he adds this tweaks or sounds yep. and, you know I would have loved to heard it throughout all the iterations
1: how did it uh, how did the relationship
3: start he featured on that album on that album I, but like, I, they had a mutual
1: friend I think her or one of their roommates was friends or something and but he was like hey Mister Tamburello I think this sleepy guy would sound good on one of your IDM uh, something tracks. like
3: that. It was like a. It was one of them had a roommate and they were staying over, and he, his roommate was like, "Oh, well, Ben's in a band. You should have him do some lyrics or something or yeah. sing on this song." And so, are you? Have either of you? Did
1: you see the Postal Service
3: live? Oh gosh, no. I would. I would love
2: to. No, but... and I are talking about going to the Nashville show.
1: Oh, they are playing. Yeah, they're torn right now for the. Twenty years or whatever. It's
2: Death Cab and Postal Service, and they play all of Transatlanticism How and all, they play of all of
1: Give Up, and he gets all the proceeds for all the merch. What's weird <laughs>
3: is the the headliner is technically Postal Service, like they That's
2: close awesome. the night that way.
3: That's uh, cool. I mean, I always thought they were bigger, but I think uh, now Death Cab. Well, they had money.
2: plans after this. You know, and plans was a a very big album for the genre, especially. Gotcha. I
1: yeah. saw Death Cab play at the Louisville Palace. It was Britton and I, and John sang. God. I'm sorry. I remember walking out and going, "That was cool." I don't know that I'll ever pay money to see them again. Gotcha. It's just a little sleepy, man. Yeah, just a little sleepy. But now Postal Service, like I will go, go and see. And then I'll leave right after that, that fourth track. Oh,
3: my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm joking.
1: Now I'm just trolling you guys.
3: I mean, a lot of people, that is a criticism of the album is that it's front-loaded. And a lot of people think, oh, after so far, you, you don't need to listen to the end. But I disagree. I like every song. Uh, it's such a short album, too. It's real easy to, to listen. But I will say, I, I
2: feel the same way. 20 years later, but I think if I were to ever show somebody this band, it would only be those first, really, four songs would be the ones I would send to somebody. I would Mm. say, well, first of all, listen to Such Great Heights. You've heard this song. Right. (laughs) Um, And then I'd probably send District, and then I'd probably send Sleeping In. You know, it would be those first four tracks.
1: So, when you say you're not a Death Cab fan, you haven't listened, or you just it just doesn't hit you? It doesn't hit me. I
3: mean, I have listened, because especially I used to... have a lot of expendable income at a season in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to spend about a hundred dollars a week at, at CD central. And so I, I mean, i loved postal service, so I would buy death cab albums. I would listen to them, but they, no, nothing ever was like, Oh, this is Hooked this you. song. Yeah. or it, it, Yeah. Just yeah. was not my, my stuff. Yeah. Like postal service was.
1: I'm trying to think of how we should end this. What's your favorite track? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Recycled air. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I mean, probably this song is a prison. <laughs> I mean, how do you not? That's really the one that I, I'll throw my headphones in and just like lean back in the vampire position. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Drift off to sleep. I know what I was going to say.
2: Did you see in probably 2013 when they were celebrating the ten, 10 year anniversary of this album? Funny or Die did a video. It was like Death Kev, or it was uh, the Postal Service uh, vocalist auditions. Like no. they, they kind of set up this whole like narrative that that Jimmy was looking for somebody to sing on these songs, and so they have all these famous frontmen. Like Dave Grohl gets up and is like doing his growl and he's yelling. I then he think is, I
3: have seen. He's got this. Tom DeLonge
2: and he's like, "Where are you?" And He like he does his like huge like guitar, and then like it's just like, and then it finally it, it ends with Ben Gibbard being like, "I have a song." He's like. The district sleeps all at night. <laughs> like it, like is perfect. It like fits exactly in with it. Um, uh, very funny video. I meant to watch it again
1: tonight, but oh man, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, See, ten years I'll, ago. Okay, to finish the thought, and I don't know if Britain will edit this at some point, but I feel like Ben Gibbard gave us. He was responsible for such great. Like, there's really good music, and really he he inspired so many great artist that I listen to and this track or this this album is, is great. And then I think he's also though if we're going to give him the praise, he's responsible for like Charlie Puth on a fast <laughs> on a fast and furious track. Oh, what was that uh, uh, featuring Wiz Khalifa? Wiz Khalifa, yeah. It's like in like a long <laughs> I'm
3: not a Charlie Puth fan, but man, attention! That song, that song hits. Sure, it does. That song hits. <laughs> I love that song.
1: No, I'm joking. I, I don't. Honestly, don't even. I can't even recall. I just, I just associate Charlie Puth with, uh, the, with, with Vin the, Diesel I, saying I, I this is about song. family. I hated that song. So anyway,
2: uh, <laughs> I, I think my my favorite song is probably "The District Sleeps Alone Tonight." I don't. I think that's the one that I'll find myself like. It's so good. Yeah, I just I think about it the most. I I sing that song when I haven't listened to the album in months, like just to myself. I like that song so much. But um I would but, probably
1: say that as well. Yeah. But I, such
2: great heights, every time I hear it, I like I think I think I'm going to skip it when it comes on and then it comes on and I'm like, okay, I mean there's, this song was the was the hit on this album for a reason. It's yeah. an incredible song.
1: It really makes me want to go mail a letter cuz I do associate it with that uh, <laughs>
2: That song I listened to I listened to that album in headphones for the first time in a long time today and it like kind of hurts your ears they're like (sighs) I was listening to it very loud but it's just like it is a very sharp like beady sound but we
1: Mary just got a or we just got a Sono speaker Mm, and uh, in our kitchen and man I'm always like the cheapskate that's like I'll invest in I'll just listen on these headphones that came with the phone and I'll I'll do that for the (laughs) next five years. But man, like it is, there's, I'm re-listening to albums that I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know that I didn't know the bass on them because so it's so good. So yep. like our dishes are so clean because I just love sitting at the sink <laughs> and cranking that thing. Yeah.
2: What's your favorite
3: song? Um, uh, It's probably Sleeping In. Okay. <clears throat> Sleeping In. Yeah, Good one.
1: Yeah. As we uh, close this out. Okay. I would encourage everyone to uh, listen to the Postal Service Give Up. Start at the beginning, and if you can get through recycled oh, that, air, oh, if you no. can get recycled re- through recycled air, then then it's go go ahead that and finish. Bad it. goodness! Go Especially <laughs> if you're
2: listening and you like Death Cab, this is a great
1: extension of, of his songwriting. If you get to this song is a prison, we want to go ahead and give out the suicide hotline <laughs> because that one oh, is my God. <laughs> oh, that goodness. number, folks. What's that number? Again? Oh, <laughs> just goodness. joking, just joking. We love you, Ben. <laughs> What song would you want us to play this out on? Uh do brand brand new
3: colonies intro is yeah. the best. Like it's the most video game fun eight-bit. I love that. I love it. So back in the day, I once went to Cosmic Charlie's and um back in the they I think they used to do like a Friday night was like kind of dance music or something. And they actually had these, like these, this, this like the eight-bit like music festival or something <laughs> like these people who have like rewired game boys yes. to make music and stuff. And they were like all these people and it was really interesting. I mean, they would look like they should have been at an anime convention or right. something. And I was doing my best to dance. Cause I just like dance music and I'm like, it's, it's still you know electronic and people were like dude you're such a good dancer do you want to get up on stage <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like no that's
1: okay I'm all right like
3: this it, so <laughs> it was so awkward it was the no, man painted gold time. when i came up
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a gold where's Ugh. that gold boy come up Ugh. on stage here <laughs> <laughs> we got a treat for everybody here's gold band yeah play play a brand new colony brand new colony <laughs> yep uh Jonathan Barry thank you so much for joining us yeah ma'am my pleasure I, I could listen to you gush about music well,
3: well you need all to all the time you need my my uh email. I sent you guys a New Year's email yes. we're, we're doing a full pod next week. Okay. okay well, I sent a New Year's email with a playlist of 2023. Oh. love And it. so it was all of the big songs or big stories of 2023. So I was like, these are not necessarily the songs that I like, but these were the songs you could not escape. It being a music nerd, like I pour over this, like Nathan probably does the movies for the Oscars and whatever. Yeah. Like, I love that. It was something I look forward to
1: every year is, is the two of you putting out your, your favorite albums of the year. Like, and, most of the time I'm like I don't like I know probably well if I'm being honest I probably know only half of them and then I'm like well Mary oh, I gotta go check this I gotta go listen to this we, we had a I, little
3: overlap this year yeah yeah um was boy genius on yours no it was I didn't I didn't love that album
1: but I will say Jonathan yes I really really love listening to you talk about music I love listening to anyone <laughs> talk about something that they're passionate about but you seeing you too I wish we had a camera in here because you' just like well,
3: Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I sent that playlist to you, too, because uh, my dream is for some time, I want you guys to have differing opinions. Like, I want to hear you go at it. Like, I want to hear an argument... Of this great passion, mm-hmm. you know, of like, oh, dude, you like that? I hated that. We honestly, <laughs> you know, like, we honestly do
1: a lot off-pod. <laughs> but,
3: but I'm like, I, yeah. I want to hear something where you're divided on something, and to, to hear that back and forth I think would be highly entertaining.
1: That's good That's good information, and and uh, I'm glad I could be play that role to you, <laughs> to, to
3: you guys. You tonight.
2: were a lot better than I thought when you told us that you had a – you're like, I have a differing, an, differing opinion on this album that I think is going to make for interesting podcasting. I was like – are you just saying yes to being on this one because you hate it? <laughs> I was like, bring those hot takes. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm always like, oh man, the postal service, give up, man. That album's great, and then I get to song four, and I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Which is kind of every Ben that that I think it, that is just a personal thing with me. That is Ben Gibbard in a nutshell to me, where I'm like, man, what a great lyricist. And then the next song, I'm, I'm like. What the Uh, hell was he I can't do a whole album of (laughs) Uh, this. But hey, we're all friends. (laughs) For nature. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're
2: friends. (laughs) We're friends. Friends for life.
1: All right. Love you guys. Ditto. Holler.
5: gentlemen I'll be the fire Start drowning in an open tab When your judgment's on the brink I'll be the phonograph that plays your favorite albums Back as you're lying there Drifting off to sleep Drifting off to sleep I'll be the platform shoes Undo what Heredity's done to you You won't have to strain So look into my eyes I'll be your winter coat Button zip straight to the throat With a collar so you won't catch cold I want to take you far from the cynic